Hi, we're back with section three of breaking up with brokenness and relocating, shaking a spot. That is an urban term for moving, for doing something differently, from going from one place to another. We're talking about relocating. This is our segment on making moves, physical moves, mental moves, and the direction of a career, a job, a church, Cities moving to a new city, all that entails and relocating. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for the opportunity to talk about this topic and to share that you are a God who goes with us no matter where we go and that you are a present help, oh God, that we're never alone when we move jobs, situations, churches, oh God, cities. We don't have to be afraid because you're with us. We get to take you with us, or you get to lead us, more importantly. And we just love you for that. We're never alone. The spirit of fear that grips us and tells us that we're alone and something bad will happen, Lord, I ask that you would remove it and help us to think about the plans that you have for us, plans to do us well. Bless us and help us. Bless those who hear. Help them to hear what your spirit is saying to them. Some need permission. Some need direction, God. Allow their ears to hear through faith and not fear. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. All righty, you guys. We're talking about relocating, breaking up with that stagnation and that fear of trope. It is tropophobia. Tropophobia. I said it right. It's the first time I heard of this. It is the fear of relocation and change. Tropophobia. The fear of relocation and change. It's a real thing. We just think, okay, people just have anxiety. No, it's a real thing. People are fearful of relocating and change. Isn't that something? Most people like change that they can control, but even then they're a little like, eh. But the change that they can't control is dreadful and fearful. The change that they can control, they just say, okay, there's an opportunity. I'm motivated by the opportunity. But one thing I want us to think about is that with change, there is still an opportunity, whether it's forced change or whether it is selective change. There is opportunity, and everything is continuing to change. Everything changes but God. And once we embrace that fact, maybe that'll help us to know that we're okay. And as long as, like David said, he doesn't take his spirit from us, we can endure change. Some changes we feel like, if this happens, I'll never be able to recover. If I lose this person, if I lose this job, if I um, lose this, if I leave this church, if I leave this state or city town, I'll never be okay. But guess what? You can live with everything except for God. You can live without everything except for God. And some people are trying to live without him, quote unquote, but they still have his air, his grace, his mercy. So no one lives without God. They have his breath. So God is the only necessary thing that we have to have in order to exist. Everything else is negotiable. It may hurt us. We may miss it. We may desire it. But at the end of it, if you needed it, God would not take it. For those of you who are, have experienced change in the, in the area of someone leaving you, a divorce, if you needed that person to survive, God would not have let them leave you. And the fact that they're gone means that you can handle it. 
It's going to hurt. You're going to miss them. But you can live in victory every day without them. You can do both. You can mourn the loss and you can also live. God wants you to have permission to live. Some of you have lost loved ones. And I know I don't like to to give lots of grieving advice because I know that it's a God zone and it's very personal. But this I do believe is that God promised to be with you and that if he didn't think you could live without them, he would keep us in a perpetual state of eternity now. But God knows, so we just have to trust him for that. So let's talk about relocating. In the last section, we talked a little bit about understanding where you belong. We talked about the elements of belonging and the habitation that we need food, we need water, we need air, we need safety. We need those elements in our environments of our jobs, our careers, our churches, our towns. Everything where we live should feed us and we should feed it because it's the circle of life in that way. We should be, it could, where we're at should contribute to us and we should contribute to it. It can contribute to us and it should be back and forth. And we should be able in our be in the position of our best selves. Everything is supposed to take us to that best part of us. We are evolving to become all that God called us to be. So we have to look at where am I? We have to ask that hard question. Am I where I'm supposed to be? Is this the job? Is this the career? Is this the church? Is this the state? Is this the city? Is this the place I'm supposed to be? Sometimes we don't question that because we're like, duh, I'm supposed to be here because I've always been here. I know for me, I ask myself, why am I in California? And you know what I came up with outside of some personal reasons? This is where my mom and dad had me. I never thought you could leave because that's where they had you. So you just kind of stay and you never think about it. You never think about, am I supposed to be here? But you get to you get to ask yourself why. These are the steps that you have to take in order to look at relocation. You have to. You have to look at my why. Why am I here? And then on the flip side, why do I want to leave this job, this church, this town, this state? Why? Why is a question. When people say, I don't know, you know what I tell them? That means you haven't thought about it long enough. Spend some time to start, why do I want to leave? Why do I want to relocate? Why do I want to relocate? And watch it flow. And if you don't get anything, just keep writing, why, why? And that why will be answered as you spend time with yourself and you get to your subconscious and you begin to have that dialogue. Not asking other people, but you have to ask yourself. And then if you're married, of course, you have to consult and talk to your spouse, but Yeah, you get to a lot of these things. It is our choice. I know that God told Abraham to get out. And sometimes God will ask you to relocate. But for the most part, he allows you to pick. And he puts the desires in your heart. If you like rain, maybe you're a Washington person. If you like tropics, maybe you're a tropical girl like me or a tropical man. But you get to ask why. You get to break up with that, that, that stagnation. And, and consider, am I in the right place, the right job, the right career? Do I even like doing this? Am I just trying to um, earn money to pay the bills? Am I supposed to be here? Do I need more freedom? Like, why am I in this job? Is it just paying the bills? 
do, do I have a gift or creativity that is greater than this? What's, what's up with that? So ask the three reasons why you might want to relocate from your career, your job, your church, or your town. Three things that will happen if you don't relocate. You know you'll be stuck. You won't flourish. You won't have freedom. You might maybe not have financial freedom or just time freedom. You get to decide, or you may not be able to grow in spiritually the way you want to grow. Maybe it was good for a season, but it's not good for a lifetime, the positions that you were in. Ecclesiastes is a book that talks about that, a time to be born, a time to die, a time to embrace, a time to refrain. There's a time for everything, and things are constantly changing. And so if you're in the wrong timing, at the wrong place, at the wrong time, then you're not going to be where you're supposed to be in order to flourish. So you have to look at that. Three things that will happen if I don't change. Because if nothing changes, nothing changes. It only gets worse. Three situations that trigger my not wanting to change or to stick with my choice to change. The economy changes. People are talking about the recession. People bring me crime reports about uh, new cities or uh, statistics on new jobs or, you know, or they, they guilt me. Look at the three situations that trigger you from relocating. The pastor preaches the message that nobody's faithful anymore. So you feel like I need to stay here because I want to show myself faithful. I'm a first lady and I don't believe in that. I believe that you should go where you're happy and where you can be saved and where God, and if God calls you to a place, I believe that's where you should be. But in most cases, I believe that God allows you to pick. You know, like if I have sushi or chicken or pizza, it's preference. Some people have different preferences. Some people like traditional churches. Some people like churches that are holistic. Some people like faith churches. You, that's between you, God, and your spouse if you're married. But listen to, look at the people who try to trigger you back and keep you in a position where you can't change. We really need you here. This job needs you here. Or, you know, you're going to retire soon, so you better stay on working because it's so expensive to do medical that's all slave talk to keep you in a conditioned response where you can't be free and the best habitat. You get to seek after your best place where you flourish. Fish flourish best in water. Birds flourish most in the air, not on the ground. They can walk on the ground, but they do best in the air. So you get to look at the people who are trying to set you in a position of stagnation and sometimes it's not that they're being evil. They're just scared. So they want to keep you in a scared position. But you, are, you don't need consent or permission to relocate and to change and to move. You get to decide. And then you get to look at um, three occasions. You know, maybe it's a birthday party and you're like, I'm going to miss my family. I don't want to leave. Or maybe it's Christmas. I don't want to leave. Know that occasions will come that will make you feel like you don't want to change. Or a career, maybe you get a raise. Oh, I got a raise. I don't want to leave now. Or I might get a promotion. I don't want to leave now. These are all occasions that will trigger you to be complacent. Or this person is retiring. Or this, there's going to be an opening soon for this. Those are all tricks to keep you complacent. Notice three things that support your relocation. Three things. You know, three, maybe... The weather, maybe housing, maybe 
the church is blooming. Maybe the church, the pastor is kind, or you know, the, you see the, the church is a social service church. Whatever it is that it's a thing that supports you. Why I want to relocate. Identify the three things that, to, that support your decision to relocate or change. Then find three people that support your goals. They don't have a dog in the fight. They're not trying to get you to a new job or a new church. They're not saying, come to my church. My church is better. Don't use them. Don't use people who have a dog in the fight who will benefit from you relocating. Find people who are neutral or even who will say, I'm going to miss you, but you have to take care of you. You're, I, I've had people on my job that I asked, why are you at this job? They, did, they were different classifications. I was a therapist. They were doing something else. I said, you're more than this. I, I don't even see, I don't understand why you're here. You are so above this county job. Not that the county job is low. It's just, I saw so much potential in him. I said, you shouldn't be here. You have more to do. And you're limiting yourself because there is um, a regular check. There's a regular retirement, but you've got something in you and you may need to explore that. And then after you find the three people to support your relocation goals, find three commitments. Make three irrevocable, I can't change commitments. I can't change commitments towards the change. Three, cha- three commitments towards moving in the direction of your change, whether it's putting in applications, maybe it's getting a, real, a realtor, whether it's um, looking and visiting a church once a month. Whatever you have to do to commit to the change, begin those baby steps. <coughs> And then find three accountability people. Remember our accountability persons? And this way is people who said, oh, you're still, you haven't decided what you're going to do. It's 2023. I thought you said you were going to do such and such a thing. I thought you said you were going to school. I thought you said that you were going to um, uh, look into this entrepreneurship training. I thought you said you were going to pitch your project. I thought you said that you were going to start visiting other churches. I thought you said, remember, we need to be able to be accountable that we said some things and and, and we have people that are going to hold us accountable. Find three scriptures that discuss your issues about relocation so that you can know I'm not in sin. I'm not abandoning anyone, but I am um, within my right to choose. There's choice and I get to choose. And, you know, God has created me for more. And, you know, if I'm not financially where I need to be, you know, I have to look at that. And we're going to talk about that as well. But um, you get to relocate. You get to relocate and you get to find scriptures that support people who have relocated. And it doesn't mean that you're abandoning people. It just means that you are seeking and searching for something that will help you to be your best self your best self. So after you find um, the affirmations and you got your accountability people and you're accountable to yourself, holding yourself accountable because self, remember the brain is so protective. It doesn't want to switch. So it's going to tell you, oh, if you do this, then you don't know what's out there. You don't know the crime rate. You don't know if you're going to survive. What will you do without your family? What will you do in a new church? You're going to be the new church person. What will you do at this new job? What if you're not any good at this job? All of those fears are coming up to try to protect you. And you need to talk to those fears and say, I got you. Jesus Christ, the same yesterday and forevermore. He's with me and he shall supply all of my need according to his riches and glory. I will be okay. I will take the Lord along with me 
everywhere I go, everywhere I be. Jesus is mine. Y'all like that re- that remix I just did? Jesus is mine. I'm going to be okay. And this is after you have prayed. So that's something that you have to do too in, in, in this relocation and in your affirmations and your accountability to yourself is that I'm going to be accountable to continue to pray and make sure I have the pulse of God and make sure that I hear clearly the voice of God and I'm looking for doors, doors to open and that I am sensitive to the best life that he has for me and not just my will. I'm going to do the research. I'm not going to just hold, you know, pick in the dark. Oh, I just like this church because I like the music. Oh, I just like this town because I like the mall. Oh, I just like this job because they make cookies. No, do your research, due diligence, because if you're diligent, you're making an educated choice. And the Bible talks about in the multitude of counselors, there's safety. So you consult with God in prayer and meditation, and then you consult with statistics, consult with other members who attend churches or jobs and get feedback, Yelp, read about different things, and be educated. You don't have to be supernatural about your your relocation. You get to be um, holistic. You, you get to use your mind and your spirit and your body by doing the work and, and checking things out. It does, everything is not spooky. We spiritualize things and we spiritualize ourselves out of making decisions because we're waiting for fire to fall from heaven. We're waiting for the, the, the literal sea to open up. And we miss when God is trying to do something for us because we want it to be so supernatural that we don't want to use our faith. And the reason why we want things to be so supernatural, like I said, is because we don't want to use faith. And faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. So we want lightning to strike. We want to win. We want to have the money in the bag first before we move. We want to have the house, the car, the, the, the new church, and we want everything perfect, but that's not faith. We want to spiritualize everything. Faith is God's word saying, I will, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. God's word leading us. We have faith in God's word, and we do diligently search out our transition, and then we collaborate. We combine those forces, and then we make our decisions. So that's part of the accountability, being accountable to yourself, just not, oh, I'm just going to wing it, because that's not loving yourself, and that's not being accountable, because you have a responsibility to take care of you. So you have to do your homework, and you have to plan diligently, and you have to make just not a, I'm running from people. I'm tired of people. I want a new life, so I'm running from people, or I want to forget my past. I I had a horrible childhood, so if I go and change my name and be another person, then I won't remember the pain. I just want a new life. I just want out of this pain. No one has successfully ran out away from their problems because you have a memory, and people are people, and you're going to be triggered, and those same issues will come up for you. When God told Abraham to leave, he specifically gave him like to just leave. He wasn't running from, he was running to. So if you're running from your past, if you're running from your pain, that's the wrong kind of leaving. You're supposed to be running to, directionally, to the goodness of God, to a better life, to abundance, and not just from. I'm running from my pain and past and my memories of my childhood or the abuse. So we don't run from, we move into calmly. We don't haste. We, we, because if you're, if you're frantic, you're fearful, or if you're emotional, you're operating in your amygdala and not your university, which is your prefrontal cortex. You have to, you have to live up here where your spirituality and your reasoning is. 
And yes, you do have some faith that comes into pass, but even faith is part of your ability to know God's word and remember God's word, which is your university. We see there's scriptures that, find scriptures that discuss your issues. Abraham, Lot, the disciples, and, you know, Naomi, and um, when she left, she had to relocate. She was like, my husband brought us here because he was running from a famine. Running from, see, I didn't even set that up. It just came together. They were running from the famine, and they ran into a bigger calamity. They, she lost her husband and her two sons because they were running from Bethlehem, the house of bread, punishment. They didn't want the consequences of riding it out, so they said, we're going to run away. And every, all the men died. So she said, guess what? I heard there was bread in Bethlehem. It wasn't her feelings because she was embarrassed, and she really didn't want to deal with people because she lost everything. She, was, she ate humble pie, but she had to go back home. But she said, you know what? I got to make a change. This ain't working for me. And some of y'all know this ain't working. Be honest. God's not going to supernaturally change it if it's not working financially, spiritually, and your career, your goals, your creativity. If it's not working, do not deny the truth. It's not working. Go back to bread. Go back to what's flourishing. We have an appetite of greatness, and we have to remember that we don't have to be satisfied with crumbs. But in Bethlehem, in God, there is be- there was bread being served, and she remembered the faithfulness of God. The famine was over. The, the, the punishment was over. She could go home. So as you go home, and your home for you may be the job that you're supposed to work in because it aligns with your gifts and talents, the church that you're supposed to be in because you're fitly joined together, the the town you're supposed to be in because it's more suitable with your pace of living and the things that are important to you. Go home. And so the stories, again, you don't run from, you run to. Noemi left Moab. Ruth said, I'm going with you. And they returned. They relocated and they were able to be blessed. They were blessed financially. They were blessed spiritually. They became a part of the bloodline. Ruth became the bloodline of David. And they were blessed because of their decision to want more. She left her people, y'all. Ruth left everything she knew. She left her mother's house. And it's funny that they say mothers because You know, mothers have a lot of influence in the Bible of how the children grew up. And we know they were incestuous people. They were the the perverted line of Lot and his daughters. So she left that that place, and she decided to go and get more. And she didn't feel guilty. She didn't let people trigger her to go back. Her sister-in-law went back. She wasn't triggered. She said, that's you. You go back. I'm going with my mother-in-law. I'm choosing a better relationship. I'm choosing best health, mental, spiritual. I'm relocating. Your God will be my God. I'm rolling with Naomi. What a choice. And she was able to relocate. Two women, God made a way, but it took their movement and their faith. It took them to find out where the house of bread was, where the God plan was for their lives. So if you're in famine and you get to ask God, what is this? Is it a season? Or should I? I'm losing stuff. Stuff is dying. My happiness, my hope, my relationship, my joy, my spiritual 
desire to, to operate in church? Like, what is this? Do I need to have a personal revival or is it just the location? And you get to relocate. It's not a sin. And people who love you will love you because they want the best for you. And love travels. You know, we have iPads, everything. Love travels. And career-wise, you know, people should want the best for you because you become a gift to society. When you're operating in your gift, it's not even selfish while you're leaving. You you leave to become more. You leave jobs and positions to become more, to contribute more to society. You get to decide to stay stuck because God's grace will keep you there, but it will never give you what relocating could because there is a place. There is an Eden place. He's given us the principles. We need food, substance. We need ability to have water, which is to encourage us and to help our skills grow. We need air, which is a place where we're at peace with. And we need shelter, a place of safety where we feel like this is home, I'm comfortable. There is no threat. I'm right where I need to be. We need those things. And God forbid that we deny ourselves those things and over-spiritualize because we want to make other people comfortable. We are able to live, you all. If I don't preach any, teach anything else in the years to come, at my 52nd year, I am proclaiming to the world, live. He died so that you can live. Live in victory every day. Some of us are existing. And that doesn't honor the life that he gave. Ignorance is so expensive. There is a life out there, and it has your name on it. There's a career out there. It has your name on it. There's a city out there. It has your name on it. There's a state out there with your name on it. There's a church. There's a ministry where you're going to fit perfectly in. Just have to allow yourself and don't feel guilty because everyone gets to live if they choose life. God bless you.